0: Support for Market Foolery comes from TurboTax Live, new from TurboTax. Now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or EA right on your screen. Talk live with a tax expert as often as you need for tax advice to help you file with confidence. Go to TurboTaxLive.com/Fool. It's Wednesday, February 14th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Aaron Bush from Motley Fool Supernova and Crypto Society, and David Kretzman from Hidden Gems Canada. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Matt. Okay. Hello. How are you doing? Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Oh, feeling the love. So much love around here.
0: There is a lot of love, and we're, we're going to share the love. We're going to share the love. Baidu getting a lot of love today, and Fossil getting a lot of oh, love. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in, in a minute. But guys, when I think Valentine's Day, I think Chipotle, and I think Taco Bell.
2: It's just a match made in heaven.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to see if it's a match made in heaven. On Tuesday, Chipotle naming Brian Nickel as its new CEO, and Nickel was the CEO of Taco Bell. Chipotle founder and CEO Steve Ells will now become Chipotle's executive chairman. David, investors seem to love this news. Shares of Chipotle up around 15% at the time of our taping. What do you think? Well,
2: there is no shortage of irony here. That's for sure. (laughs) Chipotle's gone from throwing constant shade and just backhanded remarks uh, to Taco Bell to now bringing on Taco Bell's CEO as their own CEO. (laughs) So certainly ironic, but I I think this is a really uh, positive move because Nickel, in, in the press release announcing that this transition, he specifically. Uh, called out uh, improving Chipotle's branding or cultural relevance, and also uh, wanting to focus more on digital communications and digital marketing. So, I think those are two areas where Chipotle has severely uh, lacked over the past few years, especially since the the E. coli outbreak a couple years back. It's always baffled me that Chipotle hasn't prioritized building out like a digital loyalty program, especially when they had ChipTopia about a Year and a half ago, which really just ended up being a two or three month loyalty pro, one time loyalty program that didn't even tie into their digital or mobile uh, platforms at, at that point. It just seemed like such a natural way to build a stickier relationship with customers and bring them back into the store and build that repeat business, which they so desperately need. But I, I think uh, Nickel has the right mindset. I think the the Two biggest question marks I have here is how much of a backseat can Els really take here? Because uh, Chipotle is his baby. He's the founder. He's been the the leader really it's through the entire lifespan of Chipotle. So can he really take a back seat and let Nickel do his thing? And then also Nickel has more um, experience with Pizza Hut and Taco Bell franchi- with franchise restaurants. Chipotle is entirely company owned. So just seeing how his ex- expertise with franchisees translates to a company. Owned concept like Chipotle.
1: I like the move too. It's going to take me a long time to get over how hilarious and ironic it is, but, <laughs> but I, I think it. I think it's very telling of Chipotle, um, and what it shows me is that they're prioritizing fixing broken processes. Um, and if the best person for the job is the person who ran essentially the anti-Chipotle for a few years, then so be it. And I think that's that's a pretty positive sign. I do think there is some of that risk with Steve Ells. Um, I have a feeling that that Brian Nickel, he's gonna or Nichols, Nickel, 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 Nickel. he will try to to do things that Ells has been so slow to do, drive-throughs, nachos even, uh, breakfasts, all of these different things. And so, it could be an uphill battle in some ways, but just the fact that he's coming here in the first place and Chipotle was okay with that, I think that's a pretty positive sign.
0: And their backgrounds are really, really different. You have Steve Ells, who's a chef turned entrepreneur, and then you have Nickel, and David, you mentioned this, he spent a decade at Procter & Gamble, six years at Pizza Hut, seven years at Taco Bell, two of those years as CEO. So, is this going to be an opposites attract or at least compliment? Or are we going to have Nickel constantly pushing the envelope in a way that Els finally says, wait a minute, we're food with integrity, I can't abide by this?
2: I'm hoping this is a sign that Els is being humbled uh, and that he recognizes that he needs help right now. Uh, obviously, he, he loves Chipotle and rightfully so. He's done an incredible job bringing Chipotle to this point it's still a 7 billion dollar company uh still very profitable even despite all the the hardships over the past couple of years so he has done a wonderful job bringing Chipotle to this point but i, I think this is a sign that he and certainly the, the board recognizes that they needed some outside help and they have over the past year or two they have been bringing on new executives from you know more established brands including yum brands uh, they brought on i think a new marketing officer last year who had previously been at yum so this is kind of the the path that Chipotle has slowly but surely going on. I think this is them completely ripping off the band aid, just going all in uh, with this rebuilding. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Aaron. Uh, I, I think we'll see a lot more innovation in the menu. Uh, rolling out breakfast seems like something that, that would be doable. Just things that will attract people back into the stores. And if they can do that, and I think. Digital certainly complements that. If they have some sort of digital loyalty program, they can get people back into the stores. It, I, the, Chipotle has fixable problems. If they can get people back into the stores, profitability and cash flow, I think, can get closer to to where they were a few years ago before the E. coli levels. Maybe not completely getting there, but I think they can get closer there.
0: Okay. So, how would you prioritize opportunities?
2: I, I personally would focus on the menu innovation and then uh, some sort of loyalty program. I think those are no-brainers, the low-hanging fruit that yep. should have been done a lot. Sooner, uh, but better late than never. So I would focus on those two things. I think you could probably add one or two new menu items to accommodate breakfast, like eggs and maybe something along with that. Obviously, I think the, the danger uh, and part of Chipotle's strategy up to this point has been keeping a very limited menu, because then uh, the, the assembly process is so much quicker, it's just less complex. So I think they should be careful branching out too, too much uh, further, but breakfast seems like a no-brainer that they could do without make, making it too much more complicated.
1: Yeah, definitely some type of digital program app loyalty program would be my number one without a doubt. And then second, whatever it is that that drives the most new foot traffic coming in. And so, I I don't know if that is a complete menu overhaul, but it probably means steadily new things coming out slowly over time. Which and, and, Taco
2: Bell has been pretty good at doing. Yeah,
1: and so I totally see some more frequent announcements like that, and I think that strategy or that tactic makes a lot of sense. And then after that, I would say drive throughs because cars make a lot of sense, and a time where delivery is more of of an option, I think that that'll be good for for people who are working that, too.
0: So don't skimp on the ingredients, though, right?
1: Well, I mean... Food with integrity. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens <laughs> with that. You're skeptical. You're skeptical. <laughs> I'm a little naked. skeptical. Yeah, I tweeted this morning uh, a, a poll of whether Chipotle's new slogan should go from "food with integrity." No quotes. To food with integrity, with quotes either around integrity or around food. So far, so far, food in quotes with integrity is winning. So, wow. so we'll see what happens there.
0: You know, my bellwether will be when I see if they go the route of the squeezable like guacamole. That to me will be the test. Oh, that, that will not be a good sign.
2: I I would be surprised if they went that direction at least right away because I, I think there are ways to improve the existing brand and concept without compromising the quality of the food, which I think still for the majority of Chipotle customers, I would think that is still a major selling point. So I wouldn't expect nickel to completely try to just reinvent the entire concept, including mm-hmm. the food. So I personally I would see that as actually a little bit more of a yellow flag because I think that has been a Big differentiator for Chipotle. Yep. I think that did it. Certainly helped them get into more trouble because when you're talking about food with integrity, and then you had the E. coli outbreaks and yep. norovirus, it's a little bit harder to defend yourself against that. But I think it's th- th- those are things that they can recover from, and hopefully they can find ways to get back to the glory days without uh, compromising food quality.
0: Okay, so let's wrap this up by talking about the stock. And I think we're all Chipotle shareholders, right? Yep. Yep. What do you think about the stock going forward?
2: I mean, Chipotle today, they have over half a billion dollars in cash, no debt. Uh, Annually, they're still producing 250 million dollars in free cash flow. Uh, They they were producing close to a billion a few years ago, so they're still uh, a ways off from where they were uh, a few years ago before the E. coli crisis hit. But this is still a strong business as far as restaurants go, and I think the the issues that Chipotle has, they're fixable. And I think Nickel is bringing you know a fresh set of eyes. He's done a a great job uh, with, with the Taco Bell concept the past few years, and I think with. A renewed focus and prioritizing digital, um, a loyalty program, digital communications, and then finding some common sense menu innovations. I think uh, it's just a matter of time before people start coming back into the, the stores. And I, I, so I think from today, the, the stock beats the market over the next three years.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm as optimistic. I, I definitely think that is happening. I think that turnarounds like this take longer to happen than people think. And so I expect the runway of how things change to actually be pretty slow. And, and given that the stock still isn't that cheap, it's cheaper than it was, but still not that cheap, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if issues continue for a while. But definitely looking longer term, even 5-10 years long, I definitely think that there's, there's a lot of optimism. So, I'm not buying more, but I'm definitely holding on to what I
0: have. Well, guys, we'll keep an eye on that story. And let's talk some Baidu. Shares of the Chinese internet search company up big on earnings. Aaron, Baidu also announcing plans for an IPO of its video streaming service.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack in this quarter. Overall, it was it was really positive and the past couple quarters have have been like this too. So I think Baidu is now on a trajectory that looks pretty strong. This quarter sales grew 29% Um, The number of advertising customers only rose 2%. so Maybe there's some type of yellow flag there, but sales per customer rose 25%. It took Baidu a while to recover from the advertising mandates that the government put on them a a year or two ago, Um, but they're they're showing that they can recover from that and come out stronger on the other side. Which is a very positive development for the business and the stock. Um, And this rebounding on the top line also leads to a much needed re-expansion of margins. Um, In the fourth quarter, operating profit rose one hundred and eighteen percent, and operating profit or margin hit twenty four percent. There still is room to improve, but just the fact that they're growing this quickly, it shows me that uh, the momentum is there, and they will continue. Um, to reach new heights there over time um, and that makes a big difference when it comes to to producing higher cash flows and doing things with those cash flows for the business and, and part of Um, Baidu's success lately has been refocusing on what works best. Uh, Baidu recently has been leaving non-core businesses like mobile gaming and deliveries, which have sucked up resources and didn't quite succeed as planned. They're reshifting their focus to to artificial intelligence and AI, and really um, ingraining that in every part of the business so they can see um, increased results everywhere. Uh, it improves search. It, it solidifies Baidu's lead in autonomous driving in China. If anyone in China is going to lead that market right now, it's going to be Baidu. I think it improves their position in voice assistance. So in similar way that we've seen Amazon lead the way with the Echo in the U.S., I think China has a pretty or Baidu has a pretty good chance of of leading the way with that. Uh, in China, so their ecosystem is steadily building. Their heavy investment in AI, I think, is is leading to to gains. And and you mentioned the spinoff and upcoming IPO of iQIYI, which is Baidu's video streaming platform. It's kind of like a hybrid between YouTube and Netflix. Um, personally, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what the the future competitive landscape will look like. In China, um, for video streaming, but I think that there's a good chance that this move will unlock significant value. And if it's anything like we've seen with Netflix or YouTube, um, this this one business, just Chi, like could be worth tens of billions more.
0: David, there's a lot there to unpack. What do you what do you think?
1: <laughs> uh, Baidu isn't a company I've followed quite as closely
2: as Aaron over the past few years, but uh, I, I think they they have continued to carve out a niche form within that whole uh, you know Chinese ecosystem. They are increasingly, I think, butting heads with Alibaba and maybe Tencent a little bit more. Again, Aaron knows more about this than I do, because at CES, uh, Alibaba, they're really showcasing their equivalent to the Echo or the Google Home. So, how exactly these different Ecosystems stand out from each other. It seems like Baidu's focus has obviously been with search and mm-hmm. uh, everything that that goes with that. But th- they're still quite a bit smaller than Tencent or Alibaba. Baidu today, the market cap is around 80 billion. I think Tencent and Alibaba are both 500 billion or higher. Yeah. So uh, there's th- still, you know, certainly seems like uh, room for them to run. I'm just looking at uh, Baidu's profit margin today is about 23 percent. Alibaba's profit margin about 30 percent. So. The fact that Baidu has gotten back to growing revenue as quickly as it is, as quickly as it did, uh, mm-hmm. is impressive. Cause 2017 was more of a transition year as they tried to navigate the the new um, advertising rules that the government um, set forth. But back to 26% revenue growth, uh, and, and I think for the coming year, uh, they're, they're guiding for 30% or even higher yep. growth. So, a, a lot of things to like here. I think the, the stock doesn't look that all that pricey to me, so I, I think over the next few years this beats the market for sure.
1: I think so too. And I think a good way to think about Baidu and the other Chinese internet companies is that they tend to have a monopoly on whatever their core business is. So with Baidu it's search. For for Tencent it's WeChat and Messaging. Alibaba, it's it's not exactly a monopoly, but they have a very big foothold in e commerce. And then all of the other things that they're working on just go to develop their ecosystem and kinda of lock people in the best that they can. And so when I see Baidu shift away from things that aren't working and then refocus priorities on things that are, that that makes me pretty bullish that they're focusing on the right things that do Differentiate them from the competition, and plus China's such a big market. There's room for many winners in all of these areas.
2: It seems like the one one of the main things to watch would just be how how much can Baidu improve margins going forward? Because I mean, 23 percent profit margin is still great, but a few years ago it was closer to 50 percent. Yeah. Uh, but right now, uh, Baidu is trading for seven times trailing sales, Alibaba trading for 14 times sales, even though their margins right now aren't all that far apart. So, the fact that Baidu is, once again, accelerating revenue growth, I think, compared to some of these other huge Chinese tech giants, it's worth taking a look at Baidu again.
0: Mm -hmm. Sentiment is changing. Thanks again to TurboTax Live, which is new from TurboTax. Now you can get a personal review of your tax return with a CPA or EA right on your screen. Quickly connect to a tax expert via one-way video as often as you need for answers and advice on your taxes. You can even have an expert review your return before you file, make any necessary changes, and it's all backed with a 100% accuracy guarantee file with complete confidence. Connect with a TurboTax Live expert today at TurboTaxLive.com. And guys, let's wrap up by talking Fossil. Shares of Fossil up around 60% today on earnings. What a day. What a day. The fashion designer really getting it done, thanks in part to wearables. The CEO says the plan here is to stay small, but increase profitability. Aaron, when I think Fossil, I think watches and I think things that are too stylish for me to wear. <laughs> What's the story here?
1: I think I'm right there with you. <laughs> I mean, I think there are two pieces of good news that, that came out here. Um, one is e commerce sales are up 31%, and, and that's pretty good. And in my opinion, necessary for them to stay relevant. So seeing them make progress on that front um, is is a bullish sign. And then, second, as you mentioned, Wearables and particularly smartwatches are performing much better than expected. Um, and, and to be clear, I, I do think that this is more of a—they're not doing as bad as people thought they would do. <laughs> Instead of they're—they're they're just nailing it. Expectations. Um, so it's definitely an expectations game here. Um, but still, I mean, the stock rising 60 percent—that says a lot. If I were fossil, though, I would still be pretty paranoid. And the reason I say that is, I do believe that. Smartwatches and wearables have a very firm place in the future, um, and and smartwatches in particular will take much more market share when it comes to watches. But what will be increasingly important is flawless interoperability between devices. So being able to access messages and weather and whatever else from between your devices. And I think that someone like Fossil literally can't bring all of that to the table because they're not part of a broader ecosystem. So so as that takes more. Um, market share over time. I, my gut tells me fossil might be left behind, but live up the good day while you can.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is definitely largely an expectations game. Uh, over 20% of shares were sold short going into this. So we're definitely seeing a short squeeze today. And the stock within the past couple of months was trading for two times free cash flow. So the, the market was basically expecting Fossil to eventually go out of business. But the, the company, to its credit, has still managed to produce positive free cash flow. And even after today's pop, it's still trading for less than four times, trailing free cash flow. So the, the, the company isn't in danger of going out of business anytime immediately. They have been paying down their net. Debt position, which I think is if you're a retailer, that's what you need to do. They've been closing some stores, but they are still guiding for overall revenue to drop this year. So, Revenue will continue to drop, but they're expecting their gross margin to bump up a little bit from what we saw in 2017. So, they've just been doing some different things in addition to closing stores. They did less brand advertising on TV. They've focused on digital advertising or online advertising, which is just a little bit more effective, and it plugs right into their e-commerce uh, channel, as Aaron mentioned. So, tra- for, for stock trading at, at Less than four times free cash flow, you know, it, it might be worth a gamble. But you know, this is what a sixteen dollars stock now, and it was trading for over one hundred ten dollars a share a couple years ago. So it's been a painful ride. But kudos to the people who were buying it two times free cash flow. You're loving it today.
0: Okay, so it's time for the big finish here. It's my completely arbitrary desert island question. I think I know how this may shake out. But we've talked about three stocks primarily: Chipotle, Baidu, and Fossil. You're on a desert island for the next five years and you can only own one of those three stocks. What are you going with? Baidu. Chipotle.
1: Interesting. Interesting, yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. Totally
1: arbitrary.
2: Bring your
0: smartwatch with you. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll check back in Valentine's Day 2023.
0: Yes. And the beauty of the market and the beauty of portfolios is you can actually own both. So there you go. Uh, well, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Matt. And I just want to give a shout-out to the listeners that we met in San Francisco. Aaron, we had a great happy hour out there with the podcast listeners, and it's appropriate on Valentine's Day to just really share our love.
1: I I really enjoyed the experience. We had several people come out, and we had so many discussions about all sorts of stocks, all types of industries. There are just so many interesting people there working on their own things.
0: It was awesome. Dozens of listeners, dozens of listeners. So thanks again for joining us. And Aaron David, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Thank Pat. you. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Heather Horton, I think, and all sorts of other people today. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.